Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the Spike Sugar Podcast, where it's all about adulting in our 30s. Now, these episodes are basically the couch, brunch, chill night on a vacation conversations that we have with our friends, significant others, and families. You know, it's those little deep dives we do about what's going on in our lives, the funny of the day, the thoughts running rampant in our minds, current events, cultural shifts, good news, big moves, inflation, salary negotiations, bills that have to get paid, vacations that need to be booked, money, all of that. We're talking about everything except for student loans, because what are those anymore, right? Anyway, I am Courtney. I am your host. I'm a 34-year-old creative, originally from Georgia, living in D.C., corporate marketer, and I am adulting in my 30s every day just like you. And I want you to join the conversation. In order to do so, please follow the Spiked Sugar Podcast on Instagram or Facebook and like and rate the Spiked Sugar Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts. As always, thank you all for listening, and I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. Getting into the appetizer topic that we have, you know, the topic before the main topic... Listen, how do you get brunch wrong? That is a question my friend asked the other day. And you know what? I'm like, I have to actually talk about this for just a quick second because we are in a time where social media is just making us feel like certain restaurants are going to just be everything. And it's really just off of having like the Instagrammable look and feel, the aesthetics. And not that we didn't like a great presentation before because we all did, but now people are really hyping up spots because of the vibe. And ultimately, when I go to restaurants, I want the food. And don't get me wrong, there were times when I was younger. You know, I'm still young. I'm still in my 30s. You know how we are. We're still young, but we know better now. Anyway, when we were younger, it might have been like, we may have been more impressed by how a spot looked where the food wasn't good. We weren't as wrecked. But now with my hard-earned money, like, and inflation, and responsibilities, I am going to a restaurant to eat good, okay? I want the food to be good and I want the service to be great. I could care less how it looks these days. Like when it looks nice, that's awesome. But if it didn't look nice, you know, I'm from the South, so if it's a hole in the wall and like they're serving ribs, they're probably gonna smack. They're probably gonna hit. Like it's probably going to be amazing. Or like my friend Whitney says, bussing, right? But some of these places <laughs> I have a friend she went to Atlanta and she hit me up and said hey do you have any recommendations we're in this area we went to this one restaurant and it's just Instagrammable like just Instagrammable and she's like the food was horrible and we're still hungry now you know a restaurant is bad when you can't even make yourself eat the food and you leave hungry like that is devastating to me and another thing that I would like to say is you know, I really like the taste of like just different types of cuisines and, you know, liking to taste like the different like ways that chefs make foods and dishes come together, even if it's within the same type of food, like if it's American food or Italian food or Caribbean food or African food, whatever it is. And sometimes brunch doesn't give me that because people essentially, a lot of people serve the same things, right? And I hate that I say right so much, but it's like I'm addicted to it. I can't stop for some reason. Anyway, <laughs> it's like when you go to a restaurant for dinner, 
especially for dinner, I won't even say for lunch, but a lot of times for dinner, you can really taste like what they're doing, what their vibe is, the things on the menu, if the chef is really good, because those are the dishes that I feel like probably are a little bit more creative, you know. I'm not going to say you can't get a pancake and French toast wrong because plenty of people do, but it's always nice when you can see what they do to, I don't know, chicken or lamb or shrimp or I don't know, just some other types of dishes. So just let me know your thoughts and if you guys have had like horrible experiences with brunch, but I think restaurants in general Instagram has been giving them a lot of credit. They put up some cool stuff and it's like, oh my God, that's so pretty. We got to go. We have to try it there. And like, especially here in DC, oh my God, it's a rooftop. Oh my God, it's a speakeasy. Like we got to go, we got to go, we got to go. And then half the time when you go, it's, it's sadness all around. Sadness all around. Oh my God. You know what? There is this one more thing that I want to read to you guys. So um, this girl that I went to high school with, she's always out somewhere doing cool things. She's back at home in Atlanta now. And she went to some restaurant and I was like, oh my God, like that looks so good. And she responded, oh, the food was terrible though. And I was like, I hate a cute for nothing restaurant. That's literally what I responded with. Anyway, I hate a cute for nothing restaurant. And to my friend's question, how do you get brunch wrong? Easy. It's very easy, easily. You can easily get brunch wrong. It happens every day. It happens every day. Anyway, now let's move on to the topic of the day. Hey y'all. Okay, so welcome to the main course topic of the day. All right. The question, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, how greedy, I am hungry, but it's so greedy for me to like name and split my topic segments up into food things, appetizers, main course. Like I got to change this. I've never done it before, but I'm like really hungry right now. I went to Pilates and (sighs) if you guys can understand the hunger that I usually feel after it, like I had a little, a little protein shake because they say, you know. Make sure you have your protein like within 30 minutes um, after you complete class. I came home, took a shower, I had a protein shake, but I'm trying not to eat just yet. I want to wait a little longer because I am trying to do intermittent fasting and I'm trying to find a balance on working out and intermittent fasting because the hours for intermittent fasting are like more so aligned with my work day or earlier in the evening. And if I were to work out like right after work, Like, I should be eating during that time to, like, stay within the hours of 11 to 7, right? But if I work out in the morning and let's say I go to Pilates class at 7 o'clock in the morning and I finish at 8, then that's three hours that I'm probably, like, starving because I do be starving. And I'm like, okay, is that good? Is that healthy? And it's so hard to find the right answer because everybody has an opinion. And even every expert has their own opinion. It's like... Anything. Every expert doesn't isn't always on the same page. Some people you will find on the same page. Some people you would say, you know what, that's cool. I don't, you know, I don't mind that. Try that. That could work. Who knows? It's like when I was um, like the blood type diet. I asked my physician about it, and he said, well, it's still very new. I haven't seen anything bad because it does typically, you know, recommend like healthier options and it's not necessarily healthier but a healthier mix of what works but he said he doesn't have anything against it and trying to see if it works and so you know it's like how do you choose what to follow but anyway 
Back to this main course topic for the day, and I'm just going to stick on it because the girl is hungry, okay? Like, I'm hungry. But my question is, what's your limit and how do you determine your limit? That's the adulting topic of the day. How do you determine your limits? And I mean limits for anything, but I'm saying in particular, I'm two things today. First, your limit to how much something is getting to you, how much you're going to let something like just control your mind, right? And for me, it's like the name of like this podcast used to be an overthinkers podcast. And I don't know if you guys listened to the very first episode or like the little short trailer where I talked about how I was revising and repositioning and rebranding the podcast to be about adulting versus overthinking because I cannot live a life committed to overthinking. Not that I was committed to it in a sense where I'm like, I wanted it, but that just, you know, it was just who I was. And it breathes a lot of anxiety. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying I'm fully healed because I do tend to overthink about things still, but I'm actively practicing letting go. And also just coming to the conclusion that that is just life. And I think in our 30s, that is one of the biggest things that we really come to terms with, like something just being life. We we know so much more than we did in our 20s. And while we may be a little bit more humble and not just think we have the answer to everything, <laughs> we still want to be able to solve for certain things. And it's it's hard to get a grip on things sometimes in life. Like sometimes you're just in a season and it's not that something's just bad in my life. I don't have a bad life at all. But of course, you know, life is life. Things happen. Um, sometimes it's petty stuff. Sometimes it's big stuff. It's just... I don't want it to like strain my brain. So I got to my limit, but it took me a long time. Like it took me to what, 33 years old to say, you know what? I got to stop this overthinking. And I've been overthinking. Like at that point I was overthinking as long as I could remember. Um, And so that's how long it took me to reach my limit for that. When it comes to my career, like as far as how much I will take at work, I reached my limits pretty fast there and I'm actually thinking about adjusting it like not saying that I want to take more crap or allow more things to be done that I don't like at work because I am the epitome of I don't have to take this I'm out like that is me I'm comfortable in that my dad and brother you know they always joke that oh like Courtney's always been a quitter ever since at um Galeans, which is now Dick Sporting Goods um they used to have this <laughs> rock climbing wall and so I'm you know who didn't grow up just like climbing everything trees wall like whatever so I was excited to climb this rock cl- rock climbing wall but everything was just like scraping my knee and so right when I got to the top I was like, I'm done with this. Now I know that I can climb it. I know I can reach the top. I'm good. But I hadn't gotten all the way to the top. There was like one more little knob or whatever that I needed to like push myself up onto to like hit the the button at the top, you know, that rang the alarm to say, yeah, you did it. And so I was like, oh, I'm good. I'm coming down. And my dad was like, no, you're not. You better, (laughs) you 
you have one more thing to go. If you don't like pull yourself up to that one more, like that one last knob and ring that bell, I was like, no, I'm good. And the, I was telling the man, bring me down. My dad was like, don't, don't. I was like, no, bring me down. And my dad was looking at this man like, no. And the man was like, I cannot keep a child up there who says she wants to come down. He was looking like that was child abuse. And my dad was looking like, it's going to be some abuse if she don't hit that last knob. We done brought her all the way up here because this is where she said she wanted to go. And now she doesn't even want to complete it. And so I just, you know, I've been like that. I remember for in high school, when I went to a new high school um, in the 10th grade, I joined the cheerleading team maybe in the, was it the 11th grade? I don't know. I can't remember. Anyway, the basketball coach, I was like, oh, I think I might try for the basketball team. He was like, a cheerleader will never be on my basketball team. But, you know, I could play. At least back then I could. I was really good. And so I went through conditioning and don't get me wrong, while I can play basketball, put me in a scrimmage and put me in a game, coach, I'm all the way there. I am not one for practice. Like, that's just not my thing. I do not like practice. I don't like the process, you know, and that's been my problem moving forward. Like, not to get deep with you, but if I were a therapist, <laughs> I would say, well, you have a long history of not actually understanding and wanting to go through the process of preparation. Um, and that's always been me, right? I like to just get to it and do it and then move on with my life. And so I went through conditioning and he was looking at me like, yeah, oh, I got you. Okay, well, we were, okay, he didn't say that because, you know, I was a child. <laughs> but that's how he gave me that look like, yep, you thought you were going to be on my team. You sitting over here about to have an asthma attack and you don't even have asthma doing stadiums. But, you know, some of these other girls were killing it. As for me and my body, we were not. And, of course, you know, during conditioning, they want you to run miles upon miles upon miles. And I was definitely pulling up the rear. I'm only fast in, like, short sprints. I am not a long-distance runner. So it just wasn't working out for your girl at all at that moment. But once we got to actual tryouts... We did some drills and some scrimmages, and I knew I killed it. He came up to me after practice and said, yo, I, you know what? I was wrong about you. I look forward to seeing you in, um, in the morning. Like, great job out there. And it didn't, like, it didn't hurt that one of the girls who was already on the team that was on my team when we were running the scrimmage during tryouts, I grew up with her. Her and my brother, her brother and my brother were best friends from childhood. We literally have known each other our whole lives. And so she and I have played basketball like together and against each other just at home and stuff forever. So us working together, it was going to be harm like uh harmoniously. It was it was perfect, right? But once he gave me my props, I was like, that's all I needed. I'm good. And I never showed up to tryouts again. And he was calling around, told people who knew me, had me come by his office and everything else. Do you think I came? No, because I had already proven to myself that I could do it. And that was enough for me. For me, I draw my limits pretty quickly. And I started to think, you know, what, I might be limiting myself by not really dedicating myself to the process or being so quick to be like, I ain't got to take this. I'm out. Now, over the years, many people have actually praise me not in like a crazy way but just like really complimented me on my ability to be able to move for, for like on and keep it pushing and in my head 
I didn't think it was anything special because the alternative was like, but you're going to let somebody sit up here and punk you or you're going to stay somewhere where you just aren't happy or fulfilled anymore. Like I was all about the happy, all about the feel good, all about all of that. And that's why I got so frustrated and still do get frustrated sometimes and so much anxiety and used to overthink when things weren't going my way. Right. Because I could not understand like what would want to stand in the way of my happiness even in dating it's like why would you why would you want me to have to act like this with you right because you did this like that that used to be my thought process and don't get me wrong a lot of times I was right in that but I really struggle with just the process and preparation sometimes and it's not that I go into places unprepared for so long I God had just given me the gift of being able to like make it through or have what I needed to have. And as I've gotten older, I'm like, you know what? I've taken that for granted. And I could have used, you know, the gift that God has given has given me to be so prepared, even without actually going through the process of preparation that other people have to be better. But I was so happy with being enough because enough was still above average for a lot of people. And that was good enough for me. And, you know, I was talking to my friend the other day and I was telling her that out of respect for other people and ourselves, we have to realize that everyone's average is different. And I think I may have said that on this podcast before, but everyone's bar of average and exceptional, it's different per person. And a lot of times we lose respect for other people or we choose to have so much respect for other people because we think either our bar for average is higher than theirs and they should be where we are. And when when they're not, they're not doing well in life, even if they really are according to what they want for themselves and their own bar. And it's not like it's because they lack and they're okay with lack, it's, it's just different. And then sometimes we choose to respect people just because they have more than what we want. And you never know if what we think is more, they think is less. So what is above average for us may be below average for them. And so just out of respect for people, you know, that's where the whole stay in your lane goes, like stay in your lane, in your lane, right? Because we create limits based on one, (laughs) what we think we're supposed to have and what we think we should do. But then we also sometimes limit ourselves based on um, how much we don't need to do in order to get as far as we've gotten so far. And so with the first thing, limiting myself, I have been limiting myself when it comes to personal growth um, just because I've been able to make it as far as I have. But there's like this barrier. It's like a uh, something has come over me, like, huh? like lately, I'm going to say God, the Holy Spirit, something hit me in the face. And it's got to be that because like, who else? Nobody else is like having these conversations with me um, that said, all right, you, you say you want more, but you're going to have to go through the brining. You're going to have to go through the process that, that you're always getting frustrated about. You're always trying to shortcut. You're always just trying feeling like you don't have to do it. And because you've been able to make it work so far, you think you're going to be able to move forward and get where you want to go. But that's just not the case. And so me limiting myself is catching up to me. And I can't look at other people and at what they have and be jealous because who knows what they were willing to do or who knows if 
they've been limiting their growth, but they're going to hit a brick wall too. I don't know. I don't know. And at this point, I can't care. I can only worry about myself. But I just know that I'm in a place now where I have to push myself. And not having pushed myself is, whew. Not that I've never pushed myself before, but I've probably done just enough most of the time. I'm not going to lie. So check me out. If you see me, like, just, like, doing great, but I'm really skating on thin ice, like, (laughs) check me on that. Because, you know, I do need the accountability. And that's the thing. It can look like people are thriving, but they could really be skating on thin ice. It's almost like living check to check personal growth wise. That's like, that's what I've been doing. So I'm going to do better. Now, that also comes with work. Because like, I have never, I struggle when it comes to getting a certain type of job, but I've also been able to make stuff shake. I'm going to make some shake. I've been able to make some shake plenty of times where to the outside looking in, it looks like I'm excelling at my career or done pretty well for myself. And I have, but I know that I can do more, but I have to be willing and I to go through a certain process. And here's the thing. Just because growth is needed, just because change is needed, doesn't mean that you can do it anywhere. It still has to be in the right environment. There are some environments that could kill you, kill your spirit, kill your energy, just drain you. There are some that will maintain you and keep you the same and it will be comfortable, but you can't go past that. And then there are others that are environments for growth. And that one can sometimes, that environment for growth can sometimes feel as stressful as the environment that can like kill you, kill your energy, drain you, right? Because it's just, it feels like it's take, 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 taken from you and it's everything you're doing. It's just, it feels like a force that's against you. But one is truly weakening you and the other one is strengthening your muscle. You're getting to that, as they say in Pilates, that whatever stage of muscle failure that's rebuilding your muscles. And that's what, um, that's where I need to be. That's where I need to be. But also, I didn't. I just want to stress identifying the right environment for growth. It's just like at a job. I can say, all right, I want to make it to the top. So I need to um, I need to put up with some things at work that I typically wouldn't. Not because I'm in a position to, I don't know, punk myself, for lack of better words. But I know the, way, the, the work that I'm doing here is going to actually help me out. In the long run, it's actually going to be better for my career and I can't get that anywhere else. If I go somewhere else to do it, I have to start over at a lower level. If I go somewhere else to do it, I won't have my reputation that's going to hold me. I'm losing out on my network and resources that will help me to internally move forward faster. Um, so just really understanding where which environment is one that you you can choose for yourself to grow in and which one, and actually I think the environment chooses you too. So let me stop. Let me slow it down. The environment chooses you as well. Like you will know. There'll be things that it might not always be easy, but there'll be things that come together. Have you ever seen someone at work and it's like, they're (laughs) in your mind, and maybe this is a little shady, but in your mind, they're not that great but everything seems to be coming together for them, that's their environment. This is the environment that supports them, their growth. This is the environment that is meant for them to excel. And sometimes excelling um, looks like growth and sometimes it looks like promotion. But 
you have to find what works for you. Okay. The other type of limit, like the limits that I'm talking about. This one is a little tricky. This can be personal, professional, romantic, parent-child, whatever type of relationship we're talking about. But limits when it comes to relationships, and I'm there are a lot of different type of limits in relationships, but the one that I'm talking about specifically today is letting someone continue to be even if it bothers you and it's just messed up. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever been in a group of friends and there's someone, there's that one friend that is just like, they're just, they have a nasty attitude. They're always telling, like, gossiping about the other person. They're always like just extra sharp with their tongue and hurtful, but then like, oh, I'm just playing or whatever else. Or like, if you say anything to them that they don't like, they have the tendency to pop off and all this other stuff, or they just might cry. And so then nobody ever wants to check them or say anything to them because they don't want to deal with the explosive, like, nature of their attitude when they when they get backed into a corner they feel like they're back into the corner or someone's saying something against them or you don't want to have to deal with their emotions when they cry or you don't want to have to deal with them like just trying to go blow for blow and that's not the energy you're trying to return like what are your limits on that there and I, and I see that happen in romantic relationships social groups, um, work, like what is the limit on letting someone just be when that the nature of who they are is just messed up? Like, you know, people say all the time, oh, well, that's just how so-and-so is. You know how they are. You know how they are. Oh, it's not worth it. If you say anything, all she's going to do is lie. If you say anything, all he's going to do is uh, twist it and gaslight you. If you dis, if you that, oh, if you do that, they're just going to report you to try to like beat you like to the punch. Like, what are the limits that you guys have? And this is a question that we're probably like, we'll continue to talk about because it's so loaded. I don't have advice for anyone on this. One, you have to do what you're comfortable with. So if I did have advice, that's what it would look like. You have to do what you're comfortable with. And I say that because even if I had what I thought was the perfect advice or somebody else had what they thought was the perfect advice, it's based on who they are and their personality and what they're willing to stand on. Because have you ever given someone advice or someone's giving you advice? Or let's just say a text, a response, right? Someone told you to respond with this and then you responded with it. But the energy that was returned to you or that the person you were talking to, their response, whether it was a job responding to you or whoever, it threw you off. It wasn't what you expected. So now you're just like, oh crap, like, what do I say now? And then you have to go back to that person who gave you advice to figure out how you stay on track with the energy that they they put in you to move forward with. And I say that's bad because I, when someone tells you what to say, if it's not natural, if it's not a natural part of your personality to say those things, or let's say it's just not something you're willing to stand on or you even know how to move forward with without that other person, just don't do it. Don't do it. Because it's just... It's it's never going to go how you think it's going to go. Like, 
you need to have advice that works for you. If someone gives you advice, make sure that they're considering who you are as a person. And if they know anything about the other person in the situation, they're also considering those things because you have to be able to advise on both ends and also understand what that person is going to be able to like hold on to for themselves and defend themselves. So when things seem to go a little haywire or if it goes off track, that person is like, thanks. It was not necessarily just a response or advice. It was a little bit of guidance. So I guess advice, it was guidance, but it was guidance based on what they were actually capable of and comfortable with. Like that's the other part. So that's why I can't really advise right now um, because sometimes I don't even know what I'm comfortable with. I surprise myself in different situations. In some situations, I'm like, oh no, I am not going to let you continue to act like this because all we're going to do is breed a monster. And there are other situations where I'm like, you know what? I'm good. But you know what? I, I've noticed that the situations where I'm typically good too often because life and relationships and grace isn't about like raising a flag every time someone does something wrong. Like some things you might not like, but is it hurting you? And is it hurting the other person? Is, is letting them be okay? Like you might think what how they say this is corny or, you know, what they do over here is unnecessary, but... I don't mind those things because there are also things about me and my quirks that I would hope the people that love me have come to, they might not have to appreciate it. And I don't want to say they just, they tolerate it, but it's fine. It's just fine. It's whatever. Right. But the people that when people or jobs or things are doing something constantly and I'm like, I don't want to say anything. Or I feel like it's unnecessary or I feel like it would be it would fall upon deaf ears, like deaf ears. Like it, they would not hear anything I said. They, it would just be whatever. I usually find that I remove myself from those situations. That's not usually someone that I can continue to or someone or something that I can continue to like give my best to or even continue to have positive thoughts about like consistently. And so I usually have to remove myself because I don't want to be in association in relation or anything with anyone or anything where I feel like I have to put you in such a box and I'm probably starting to lose respect for you because I don't like how you're moving. And I know some people are like, well, why wouldn't you say anything? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Sometimes it just doesn't feel like it's worth it. It, it just doesn't. And there are other times where I do and it could go well. And then there are other times that I do and it goes horribly and that affects the relationship too. So I don't know. I've had a mix of all three in different places and spaces in my life. Ultimately, I'm okay. And I know people have extended me grace and I'm so grateful to everyone who has done that for me because I may not always be deserving and I may not always see myself or understand how I'm impacting others or I could just do better. And so for those that do like say, hey, girl, get it together. I appreciate that. And for those who haven't said anything, um, but you still love me, I appreciate that, too. Um, And hopefully it's not something that is hurting you or myself, like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, whatever. But the limits, like where do you draw the line? More to come on that. All right, y'all. I will talk to y'all next week. I hope you guys have an amazing day. And you know what I was thinking? 
where's the limit on having the attitude of F that job? Because, you know, it's Tuesday and I know sometimes like we're just over it, but we'll get new jobs, be excited for two seconds and then it's back to F that job. Like I, I know one person who loves their job and I know another person who fakes it. And I'm okay with them faking it because what's the alternative than like having an attitude and being like Ugh, every week, like everybody else. And cause that sucks. That sucks too. I don't want to be a person that's just like, Oh, work constantly. Now, granted, I don't see myself just being in love with work like that, like that, like that. Maybe, maybe one day, maybe it comes with me doing my own thing. Who knows? But my cousin drew shout out to drew. He is a gamer, like career gamer. And I don't mean just somebody who like plays games and other people watch, but he tests games, like video games. Like he tests games for a living. He loves his job. And I can see why. Like to get paid to do something that you love and then to like even correct it and make it better. Like that does sound awesome. And for everybody else, we got to find our limits for even being like F this job. Like maybe you reach your limit of trying and F the job is you deciding my limit. That was my limit. But we can't feel like that. Y'all, we got a long way to go. I don't know the answer to that either. So more to come on that. More to come on a couple of things. Like this was a very <laughs> inconclusive episode. But thank y'all for sitting up here listening to me as I work through my thoughts and work through this growth and this adulting. Um, I appreciate y'all. All right. I'll talk to y'all later. One more thing. Just one more thing. If you guys have not followed the Spike Sugar podcast on Instagram yet, please do so. I really want to be able to have these conversations with y'all. And I just appreciate the support. And also follow Captain Carlos Books and South 13th while you're at it. Yes, I got a lot going on. I'm always have a lot going on. I'm a hobbyist, but I love just being able to have multiple creative outlets. And I hope you guys continue to join me on the journey. And I hope that you guys have your own outlets that you're working on too. And if you do, get at me. Let me know who you are. And I'll make sure I follow you guys back and support you because I want this to be a two-way relationship. All right, I'm gone for real. Bye, y'all.